Hello, 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 everybody. It is five at five. It is Tuesday evening. Uh, I believe we're still in the, the five o'clock hour, if I'm correct. Uh, we're, we're in a little bit of a different setting today. I'm actually with Dr. Rogers today, and, and we're looking into a screen. So bear with us as we figure out this, this different format. Um, but I, I want to remind everybody, uh, for the people who are uh, watching, who are live with us, uh, we are taking live questions today, and uh, I'm going to be scrolling through the comments, and any question you have for Dr. Rogers, uh, we will answer on this show. If you didn't get your questions in last week and want to want to answer, want an answer from from Doc this week, be sure to get it in. Uh, you can type those in as we're as we're going here. Uh, Doc, how you doing? Good. How you doing, man? It's good to be in person with you. That's great for me too. I, I don't think I've seen you since the New Year. Is uh, this a, January second? That's probably right. Yeah, you hadn't. Yeah, hadn't. yeah. I haven't you been look in. good. You look good. Your you hat look looks good. Thank you. Uh, I like your hat. For all those, he's complimenting my hat right now. That's a performance mess, an audio hat. Uh, <laughs> if you want one, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> we're we're starting to get a get a few of these. Um, okay, so bear with me here. I'm gonna we're gonna get to some of these questions. Um, uh, let's see what. Uh, hello, Renee. Hello, Jessica. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, say hello to us. If you guys are, are here, uh, we would love to, to interact with you uh, during this live show. It's the, one of the best parts of doing this. Um, a lot of the shows we do uh, aren't live, so this is a little more fun. We get to, get to interact with each other. And, um, you know, and answering live questions is, is super fun for, for Doc. It's fun for me to see everybody. Uh, I've loved getting to do this with you guys uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and hoping that um, we continue to do this sort of thing on, an, on, on, a, on a weekly basis. Uh, maybe even more, we're testing out different things. Um, all right, Doc, you ready? I'm ready. I'm right, ready. Here we go. All right, you haven't seen these. I'm going to put this first one up here. Okay, what brand of melatonin do you recommend? Gosh, there's so many good brands of melatonin. Of course... I do like Life Extension. They have a a dual melatonin that has an immediate and an intermediate release. So the thing about melatonin I've found that sometimes I'll take it and it really helps me ease into sleep, but you could wake up in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m. if you don't have a, a little long-acting thing. So, I, so I'll, I do like the Life Extension um, dual-action um, immediate and intermediate release it just depends with melatonin you know the dose really varies per person uh, some people get by with half a milligram other people need 10 milligrams probably the average about three to five uh, but there's a lot of good brands there's some of the gummies that that i've tried that you chew up and they're kind of um they're mixed with lavender and chamomile and uh, some different things, L-theanine. The problem with those is they're usually kind of sugary, and I like intermittent fasting, and so you get a little sugar at night, it's not good. So I prefer the pills over the gummies. We've had a couple, you know, we've been talking a lot about melatonin and, and performance weekly and, and on performance mess and audio as well. Um, I've seen some comments where people do get some headaches, you know, especially if they, if they take a, a, a little too high of a dose. Have, has that been something you've seen? Yeah. I mean, people occasionally tell you that or they're dragged out the next morning. So you just need to lower your dose a little bit, I think. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We, we talked a little bit about high-dose melatonin last week and on this very show, and, and it's just fascinating the benefits of melatonin other than sleep. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really beneficial hormone, and it decreases as you age, so it has a lot of good anti-aging properties as well. All right, we're going to go to question number two here. Is it not true that taking melatonin inhibits your own ability to make melatonin? Um, yeah, that's not really true or even really um, relevant because as you get older, you produce less and less anyway, so you're not going to produce enough. Um, so, And you never will as you get older. Now, it may be more of a question for kids taking melatonin um you know at a really low dose but um I, I haven't found that negative feedback loop to really play a real part with melatonin especially for um adults that i treat you know. so so melatonin acts like a hormone in that sense you know as you as you get older you know you produce less of it just like all the other hormones that's exactly right like we get a lot of questions about well, if you give me testosterone now, I'm never going to make enough on my own. Well, usually the people that ask me this are people that are past the andropause anyway, and they're not going to make any more anyway. So if, if you stop their testosterone, they're just going to go back to their low baseline anyway. So it becomes a moot point uh, at some point. So, All right, so that is that question. Thank you, Doc. Let's go to this question number four, which is, which is interesting because, you know, actually we, we have another show called The Mid-Level Show, and we talked a lot about uh, ivermectin in that show today. Uh, tell us a little bit about my, uh, ivermectin and, and, you know, whether or not it's a prescription, how people can get it. Yeah, it is a prescription for sure. And um, really, mel ivermectin is um, an anti-parasitic drug. You see it a lot used in animals and we use it in medicine for scabies and kids. It's a very safe medication. Um, you know, they're, they're not the worries uh, with ivermectin. The only thing I could caution you with about it is maybe I wouldn't drink a ton of alcohol with it um, for some reason. But, you know, it causes no cardiac dysrhythmias or anything. And very safe medication. I'm taking it right now as a prophylactic medication to prevent COVID. I just take one pill a week um, of 15 milligrams. It is a prescription. And we, I have a lot of docs on this, a lot of nurses, a lot of healthcare providers um, that do take this. And it's also part of the treatment for um, COVID. It's an antiviral. Has a lot. There's a ton of studies that are coming out. You're going to hear about this very soon. And why we're not, you know, getting this out more. Um, it's even a lot less controversial than hydroxychloroquine. Um, I haven't heard any questions about this uh, medication causing a problem. And um, I heard about it months ago when one of my pharmacy buddies uh, started talking about it, how beneficial it was for uh, COVID prevention and treatment. You know what's interesting? You know, the more I think about... Um, you know, these treatments that are out there for, for COVID and, and some of the um, belief of that, that it's, it's not necessarily working is around, you know, there's, there's not a double blind study. There's, I, I think there's people thinking that, that it's kind of random on who the, on who these drugs work for in with, with COVID. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? 
you know, cause like, I think the idea being, well, ivermectin doesn't work for everybody. Um, so therefore it's not a, a treatment for COVID, but it does right. work for some, for some. Right. People. Well, no drug works for everybody, but, uh, for the majority of people, it seems to definitely help. And, you know, in treating hundreds and hundreds of cases of, of COVID, um, you know, you kind of get a good feel for what works. And certainly if you catch it early, I think that's a key to treatment of COVID-19. Um, if you wait too late in certain people, we don't know why certain people get really sick and, and die of COVID, but um, we think it's more of an inflammatory reaction from your body. So you got to hit it from several different angles, like the antiviral the anti-inflammatory effect of uh, steroids and, you know, the immune-boosting properties of high-dose vitamin D and the zinc that allows you to get the antivirals into the cell itself and, um, you know, the vitamin C that's uh, also a great immune booster. Um, So... You know, you got to hit it from several angles because you don't know who's going to get really sick from it. You can kind of predict who's at higher risk for this, um, like morbidly obese people, um, people that have really low vitamin D. Um, I gave a guy a shot today because his vitamin D level is 11. And, uh, you know, I gave him 50,000 units uh, IM today and put him on 10,000 a day so that he'd get that built up really quickly because he's a – he wouldn't do well, I don't think, with uh, with COVID. He'd be a you know he'd be at risk for that. But um, so I think ivermectin is just another tool that we have. You know, if you and if you start listening to some of the exposés of it and look at some of the studies, it's very very helpful for COVID. I know I wouldn't be taking it or giving it to you or everybody in my office, everybody in my family, and a ton of frontline workers you know, have called me to prescribe it for them, and I certainly, certainly will. So if you're out there listening and you have people that want to get on this prophylactically, I'm happy to talk with you about this, as well as, as the D, the C, the zinc, um, and the quercetin is another one that we use. You know, um, we did we did a mid-level show today, as I, as I mentioned before, and, and we did it with Fran Wilson, who's one of our PAs in, in the Johnson City office. And what's interesting about, you know, what you're doing with her is, is she's actually on the phones every day doing telemedicine for COVID. And, um, and can you kind of just talk people through kind of what that process has been like, taking in all these great. telemedicine visits? It's been great. You know, we've treated hundreds of people with COVID over the phone. Obviously, they can't come into the office being sick, but um, and they're very grateful for that. We're trying to keep them out of the hospital. We're even doing uh, sending several for monoclonal antibodies. There's a couple places in the Tri-Cities, and there's also UT hospitals doing it in, in Knoxville. Um, and I think Kara's talked to a few patients about that. But um, she's doing a wonderful job with that also. But um, we're just available all day for people that call in and uh, have COVID or want to talk about it. They're worried about it. They want prophylactic treatment for it. And we got them through it. I mean, a few people we've had to even send oxygen to their home, you know, because they would not go to the hospital. And you can't blame them. But we follow O2 SATs. You know, we have them get the monitors and you know, we're keeping in close touch with them and kind of guide them through this at-home treatment. Fran mentioned that the 
the O2, uh, the pulse oximeters, uh, was one way to, to really um, get some peace of mind as a patient yep. if you are diagnosed with COVID, yep. uh, just to monitor those those levels. Uh, where do you want to be? Is it above 95? Well, 95 is an average of where you want to be, but certainly if you dip into the, start getting into the low 90s, if you get into the 80s and you can't breathe, you have to go to the hospital. But, um, you know, we monitor these pretty closely, and you know, the, the patients that qualify to go get the monoclonal antibody infusions at the outpatient infusion centers have to meet certain criteria. Like anybody over 65, any diabetic, anybody with a BMI over 35, which is in the, you know, obese category, uh, morbidly obese, and are eligible. And, so, and asthmatics, and there's a criteria that the CDC has set. But I think early treatment, you can't do it if you are sick enough to be in the hospital and you can't do it if you've had the illness for over 10 days so early treatment and you know we can certainly guide uh, the patients through with this because you know we look at it from every angle we even get nebulizers in the house and um, kind of follow you along with that and uh, it's been really really good experience a lot of grateful patients uh, um, for early treatment because this COVID is a beast. I mean, it's there's it's not a hoax. It's it's a real thing that kills people. There's no question about that. Do you think the the monoclonal antibodies is going to become more available as time goes on, kind of like the I vaccines? Do. Yeah, it's already been available. It's just it's been hard for hospital systems to set up the outpatient infusion centers. But, but they're, they're working on that. that now. Yeah, and we've got it here in the Tri Cities already. Okay. Um, so uh, it's a, definitely available. Have you had any trouble getting patients in there? No. Has that been a problem? Just as long as they meet the criteria. I've had a couple that didn't meet the criteria quitely, but um, no, um, they, they've been very accommodative to getting these patients in. That's awesome. Uh, All right, so we're going to go to the to the next question here. I want to remind everybody if you are with us. Uh, if you have a question for Doc, uh, just put it in the comments there. Uh, we will get to those um, after we uh, get through these first five here. Okay, this next one is, okay, thoughts on protein consumption. I'm assuming this is coming from somebody who read uh, the doctor's note this week where you talk about um, drastically lessening your carb intake, uh, drastically increasing your good fats. Uh, but you said something interesting about proteins, which um, – I'm not sure I've thought about. I, I don't think about the proteins as much as I think about the, the carbs and the fats. Right. Well, you need proteins just like you need fats. They're essential. By the way, carbohydrates are not essential. You could live with zero carbohydrates. And in most of my patients, the carbohydrates are the problem with their weight. It creates insulin resistance, and uh, can you can put a lot of weight on by being insulin resistant. And so... I usually use lower-carb diets. You don't need to go keto necessarily, but you can. I just haven't had a lot of people who could actually stay in keto. That's why I like intermittent fasting, which means you pick a window to eat. And like I do a seven-hour window of eating and 17 hours off. So it actually puts you into ketosis uh, every day, and then you get out of ketosis. And I like that a lot better. It's certainly more sustainable and doable. And being in ketosis just means you're burning your own fat, not something you've eaten. So, you mentioned you know at the end of of this week's doctor's note about 
your protein consumption can also be dictated about where you are in life. Right. And, and, and I actually, this is a question I have is, you know, about the, it was, you, you mentioned nutritional pathways. Can you kind of describe what that is? Cause you know, mTOR and right. is there a, a way of simplifying, uh, simplifying that? Um, it's not real simple, but, um, the thing about, before we get to that, the protein, you can overdo protein. Um, number one, if you overdo it, it's kind of hard on the kidneys, but if you if you eat too much protein, your liver turns it to glucose, so gluconeogenesis. So, you know, it, it turns to sugar anyway, basically. So you don't need to overdo the protein. You always hear about bodybuilders needing, you know, 200 grams of protein. Well, when you're trying to grow, there's no doubt that protein does build muscle. But for the average person, um, unless you're working out, six hours a day and requiring that for muscle building bodybuilding you don't need that much protein it can actually harm you so i don't recommend it and early on in life when you are growing like kids need more protein than adults do because you can think of protein is as growth foods it fuels growth there's periods of time in your life when you want growth um, like when you're a kid or if you're an athlete and you're building up muscle and uh, but past a certain age when you're not a competitive athlete or uh, growing anymore you don't want too much growth because growth can fuel cancer growth and that's the reason why these nutritional pathways in life change like um, Insulin is a, is a nutritional pathway. You want less insulin. You want less mTOR, mammalian target of rapamycin, which is a, it's a hard concept to understand, but it's one of those nutritional pathways that may really, if you can tampen down mTOR, you can really extend your life by a long shot. Um, that's something that sounds kind of futuristic, but um, it really is a lot of, well, not a lot, but there's a few places that are actually prescribing rapamycin which is an anti-rejection drug and it really increases lifespan but it can also bump up your sugar levels and do some other things um i only have one patient that takes it and he got it from a doctor in new york that is kind of uh spearheading this effort but we'll know more about this in the next few years because uh, it's not something you just want to get on for sure um, ampk is a, pa a nutritional pathway um, for aging ampk is a supplement that i do take myself and um so there's different ways the thing you want to do um is eat for your body everybody's a little different but in in general eat more good fats um certainly avoid linoleic acid that's the kind of that's a fatty acid that we measure in our cleveland heart panel that if it gets too high, it's probably as bad as sugar is uh, on your arteries and probably on every organ in your body. So we certainly measure. That's an omega, That's one of the omega-6s. So we certainly measure that omega-6 uh, to 3 ratio and uh, get a lot of good information about um, where you're at as far as that's concerned. You want more omega-3s, less omega-6s. And... Um, you certainly want to stay away from vegetable oils. That's where you get most of your linoleic acid. Safflower, sunflower, canola, all those are just trash. You don't need them. You know, a good virgin olive oil and 
coconut oil certainly good but um and when you eat out they're probably using vegetable oils which are just horrible for you along with high fructose corn syrup um, vegetable oils which came into vogue decades ago you know they thought they were great i think you're eating vegetables but you're not they're, they're terrible for your body um it's not, kind of similar to trans fats which are bad too you know back when they thought margarine was much better than butter you know that's just a trans fat and it, it turns out it's a hundred times worse than butter so you have to kind of keep up with things and and know what you're doing everybody's a little different but there are certain things we know now that were totally opposite of what we used to think um so can i just you know push back a little bit on the when you when you age you're saying you're, you don't want growth but you also talk about how important it is to maintain muscle as you get older yeah and you need a certain amount of protein to maintain muscle you just don't need to overdo it Be- because of it you know the you know cancer could form as, right. as you get older there's something called an igf1 level it's and we measure that a lot in my office uh it's insulin-like growth factor. It ties into insulin. Huh. Um, and you don't want a real high uh, baseline IGF-1 level because you're more likely to get cancer. Um, so um, now sometimes we'll boost that with certain secretagogues. Um, but your baseline, you don't want it real high when you're older hmm. because you're more likely to come down with cancer. So... Uh, it gets kind of complex. But that's but, why um, you, you need to check those levels. You know, that's, yeah. that's why you, you talk a lot about checking levels. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right. For the people listening, if you have uh, questions, be sure to put those in. Um, and I know this is a, a question that most people want to know um, your answer to. So I'm going to put it up there. Uh, what's your thoughts on the UT coaching search? Uh, I rely on uh, Tony Basilio's. Uh, I, I bet Tony put this question in. I listen to Tony. uh Yesterday, when it came out, first thing I did was get on Tony's show, and he had some really interesting thoughts about it. But uh, you did know, you know he was on the air for seven hours yesterday. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah. Seven hours, it's unbelievable. He's an amazing. Huge guy. shout out to Tony Basilio. He's he's one of our favorites. Uh, if you're not listening to him and you're interested in UT athletics, uh, be sure to, to to listen to him. He's amazing. Football and basketball. He's just a the ultimate analyst he's just an amazing guy and he's always speaks the truth he's always way ahead of of everybody's thoughts on this yeah. and i don't know about the ut coaching search you know that's where we all went and we love the vols but um, the athletic department needs straightening out it's really in a rotten rotten place so i think it'll get better um, all right we're going to get to let's see if we have any questions here we just got some hellos hello josh uh jessica hello renee uh guys thank you so much for being here it looks like we're, we're not getting any uh questions live uh which is totally cool uh which means we might be we might be done for the evening uh let's let's go over to yeehaw <laughs> uh guys thank you so much for for joining us for hanging out with us this tuesday night um this has been five at five common sense md uh, we've got uh, a lot of stuff coming out in the next uh, week or so. So if you're uh, signed up for Performance Weekly, you'll be getting that. If you have not signed up for Performance Weekly, uh, you can do that uh, on our website, performancemedicine.net. Um, if you would like your question answered on a show like this, um, be sure to send those uh, questions in. You can either do it in the comments section here. We'll be combing through those uh, the rest of the week, or you can send those to info at performancemedicine.net. 
uh, that'll be it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.